no fun, boy. Had an accident. Let's put a smile on his face. Leave him alone. And get off my property. You're trespassing. <laughs> hey, Tom. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Tom. You are never going to guess what time it is. Mm, I think I might. I feel like it's like 36 minutes late for us to record a podcast. <laughs> it might be. It might be, Tom. Uh, and you're never going to guess. Uh, it's a clo- You're right. You're technically right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But you're also getting that uh, feeling. a bit wrong. Yeah, because it's also time for another another episode of Tom and Jeff Watch Batman. Ah, <laughs> uh, we sure do. Again. We sure do. Oh, Tom, <laughs> they don't know that. I know they don't know that, but now they do. Uh, <laughs> was there a recording problem? Uh, there sure was. Did been. we find out 35 minutes into recording? We sure did. Um, Tom, we are about to embark on a journey that the uh, fans have been dying for mm-hmm. us to embark on just full-throated desperate shrieking just for us to cover begging, this show for years now begging for it mm-hmm. and uh we we don't uh listen to that no 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 we no. we usually we like we look at it we kind of laugh at it you know we enjoy yeah. your pain and frustration pace yeah that's it's just us man mm-hmm. it's it's fine we're doing great yeah but we do appreciate the feedback mm-hmm. of no course. yeah please keep of sending course. it I, I i need your delicious tears Yes. Tell us what you want us to do next, and we will not do it. Yes. Anyway, uh, we've been doing this. uh, We're doing, uh, of course, Batman Beyond. And so what we're going to be doing today is we're going to do a little bit. Because, Tom, you've never seen this show before. Correct. No, I have. uh, Not only have I not ever seen it before today, but I have, going into the show, I know almost nothing about it. I didn't watch it when it was out. I haven't really read anything about it. I'm not looking up wikipedia summaries or, or anything like that to try to like get the the Deaniverse canon straight or anything like that <laughs> i have no concept of what this show was aside from it's batman in the future and that's it that's the only uh, only idea of what the show was that i had it, it's interesting too there's a there's a very fascinating history to it and and it, it it's kind of cool to sort of view it uh through the lens of like oh it's been 22 years um, since it so, since it came out because it, <laughs> it, it debuted in January of 1999. Wow, I know, I know. I was right about to graduate high school, uh, and then therefore I was like, it's funny that like I was about to graduate high school and I was like, I don't need this show anymore. I did watch it a little bit upon first release. <laughs> I needed it hey, a man, little bit. I did. I watched a little bit of it. I didn't like freak out if I missed episodes. Mm-hmm. I was just like, well, this is fucking life. I didn't really care about the show. And then um, I sort of developed a much bigger appreciation for it when it became sort of available on DVD and then streaming. Because it was on Netflix pretty early, um, streaming-wise. And that was pretty fucking rad. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. It was either Netflix or it was Amazon Prime when I had access to it. But it was like it was available earlier on than, than I would. And I watched it. I was like, oh, this show fucks. Oh, nice. And so, uh, yeah. So, so we're, let's. Let, I'm gonna do a little bit of a history with you, Tom, to give to get you sort of caught up um, on the show, because uh, this is what I do. Uh, I said previously it was. Uh, it, it premiered, I believe, January 10th, 1999. Okay. Um, and so, uh, basically, uh, this is a show, Tom, that uh, nobody wanted to make. Interesting. This is a show that nobody that made it wanted to make it. This is actually a show because now uh, a thing to remember, too, is that because I know most people remember um, the uh, the uh, the new adventures of Batman and Robin being on like a Fox Kids morning thing. Mm-hmm. But this is actually a show that was sort of put out on um, Kids WB. So it made that shift over because Warner's like, this is our property. Yeah, WB was like kind of not really just getting started, but they were still in their early years. Yeah, but they did come out of the gate pretty strong. And here's what happens. Okay, this is actually a show that came about as a result of a studio executive making one very specific demand. Oh, yeah? Which which was, give us teen Batman. (laughs) Which is... A recipe for disaster 99% of the time. 
if a studio executive makes a demand, it's probably going to be bad. Yeah, and that's that's interesting because this is such a strange idea and so far removed from what had been successful for Batman uh, in the 90s that it's really surprising to me that this was something that the studio wanted and not a passion project of one of the creators because it really seems like a passion project. It's so it's such an outside the box idea for a Batman show. It Tom it sure is. It's definitely one of those things where you're not like you look at it and you're like okay, this is something that somebody had planned. This is something that they were like, well this is going to be our next leap forward, but it's just not the case. Because what was happening at Warner Brothers and WB specifically was that they were getting massive commercial success with shows like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and um, Dawson's Creek. Shows that really appealed to like the whole like teen coming of age thing and the heroism stuff and they're like, well let's have something like that. Huh. Let's have something for the new millennia. Mm-hmm. Something extreme, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Bruce Tim was like, "I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I just don't want to. I just don't want to." Right. If that had been the pitch, like we want Dawson's Creek Batman, I would have had this. I'd have been mm, no, <laughs> not yeah, for no, me. No, I'm not. I'm not signing up for that. I at all. am all set. <laughs> but you yeah. guys go ahead. As a matter of fact, we're good. Um, and so, but they, he's given that, and so now you're 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 giving Bruce Tim uh, sort of this idea of like, well, we have to make a teen Batman, but that'll fuck up all the hard work we've been doing for the better part of a decade. What do you do? <laughs> That's true. Like, what do you do? Like, you want to continue the storyline that you've been working on. You don't want to have to rebuild from the ground up. Well. Bruce Tim side of sort of by the seat of his pants is like, well, what if it's in the future? And he's like Bruce Wayne's protege. And they're like, that's fucking great. Greenlit go. And so like an immediate green light like that, you're like, that's fucking awesome, man. But they were like, greenlit go. Also, it has to be available for next season. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know if you've ever tried to create an entire animated series from scratch. I haven't. Well, I have in a, I have, and none of them have made it to the air, Jeff, if you can believe no. that. <laughs> uh, this, uh, some errors can occur. Uh, some things that can make it not happen, and that is exactly what the case is here. Um, it does, it doesn't, it's, it's going to be a nightmare, but they're like, okay, so here's what you got to do. Excuse me, that's not going to be the case here. I said it is going to be the case here, because, uh, Tom, I'm very stupid. <laughs> so um they uh they're trying to find a way to fit it into batman the animated series uh canon and because they had to go from pitch to production so fast it was this like massive blitzkrieg of of sort of creativity mm-hmm. trying to make this work um and bruce tim sort of after doing that he's like okay well what have i backed myself into the corner of well now i have an opportunity to make sort of like a spider-man-ish version of batman meaning somebody who has to balance the troubles of being a kid with the secret identity danger of crime fighting like how can we do that in the batman universe Mm -hmm. and also we want to have it have the same wailing guitar note open its theme song i don't know if you noticed that oh we're gonna talk about like the is the same as the note that <laughs> opens the Spider-Man animated series. Anyway, let's do it in let's put those in the beginning of everything. <laughs> Honestly, yes. Cuz that that's uh that's something that we're going to do a, a, that intro, that opening intro cuz we're going to talk about that sort of in depth. Mm-hmm. Um is in my opinion the most uh this thing fucks intro that I've ever seen. Um, the whole package of it is just so fucking bananas and it's strong. It's so strong. It is pretty dope. I don't care what show this is for. I'm watching it. If I see this intro, (laughs) (laughs) it really does. Ah, man. It's such like a, it reminds me of like the Annie piracy ads in like the early two thousands. It's real. Like rapid fire editing smash mouth like mtv promo it it feels like it feels like a wrestler's entrance video during the attitude era 
Yeah, it, it is definitely of that attitude era thing. But he, we'll, we'll talk. Okay, we'll talk about the intro. We'll fine. We'll jump ahead to it. So the <laughs> intro is is designed almost. Uh, uh, it's designed and sort of animated by Darwin Cook. Uh, and if you don't know who Darwin Cook is, I know you do, uh, and I know we've just talked about this. Maybe you're a new subscriber. Maybe you don't know shit about who we've talked about. This is the same guy that did New Frontier. He's the writer and and illustrator of the comic New Frontier, and I believe the consultant for the show, and I believe possibly writer for the movie. Um, Darwin Cook is considered this he was like a legendary avant-garde auteur animator. He was super, super talented. Everybody knew that this guy was going to be going like crazy places. Like this guy was nuts. And so what you have is you have this intro that has this very, very hard sort of like, um, new techno. It's like, it's like a mix of like, almost like new metal guitar mixed with like, high-end electronic music yeah it's it's like it's industrial speed metal pretty much yes it has very like it has very rave vibes to it Mm -hmm. um where you have like really powerful guitars and especially that like the the wow i mean shredding guitars and then you also have like these like break beats of like like these really like digital chaotic uh, sounds and it all works together to have this sort of controlled chaos where the animation is also very gritty and grainy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it is mixed media. That's interesting. Are, I didn't realize that. Yeah. It looks like what people think were CGI were actually like filmed sculptures. Oh, dope. like there is, a, there is Bruce Wayne's face, like old Bruce Wayne's face. And it looks like people think it's CG. It's actually a fucking sculpture that they did of old Bruce Wayne. And then they, uh, they filmed it and sent it to Darwin. Um, there's like an action figure in one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, uh, there's that, some stuff that's, that's live action. You can super tell. Yeah. And it's, it just, it really grabs sort of, I guess the chaos of the late nineties. Yeah. In creating, but it's like this controlled slick chaos. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, it feels like it, it feels like a street heroin, but like in a really shiny yeah. package. It's 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 of its time in a way, and and um you know a thing I've I've may have mentioned this to you before, but like one of the things that I've been doing a lot lately is I've been watching uh like '90s commercials mm-hmm. in the morning, like when I wake up because like they motivate me. It's like this Pavlovian thing where they motivate me to get my ass out of bed and like make my bed and, and get ready because that's what I used to do as a kid. To get ready for school, I'd have the TV on. Were you guys the TV in the morning crew? Uh, no, usually no. Um, no. yeah, we usually didn't. When I was a real little kid, only when I was like a real little kid. But like from that point on, it was just our mornings were always so rushed. After oh, really? that, that I didn't like cartoons during the week. Just weren't a thing for me, really. I'm not a sleep in guy, so there was no rush to my mornings. Like I was getting up at like six anyway. Mm-hmm. So like. You know, I, t- I would take my time, but so I'd have the TV on and it's, it's funny because this definitely has that sort of like chaotic nineties commercial vibes to it mm-hmm. where do you remember when it was like commercials were almost like anti-commercials? Yeah. Like we're so, we were really lucky, I think to get the pocket of children's, uh, advertising because it's uh, it's a real flash in the pan that'll never be re- right like, it used uh, to, redone for you for you kids you, uh, or whoever for the kids for all the kids out no for the people who didn't grow up in the specifically in the nineties uh, there was like a period in the in the that began kind of like in like I don't know or like ninety two ninety three anyway uh, it was probably before that anyway there, the nineties really decided that like every single product no matter whether it was like a tv commercial magazine ad or you or a little ad on the back of the comic book or whatever like every single product was calling you specifically a bitch for not yeah, using it was, their product yeah the the entirety of the zeitgeist was anti-authority but in an aggressive way really aggressive like even where a, yeah yeah it's it's not like this like why don't it's like it was like before it was like hey how come kids don't like apple jacks you know how come kids like apple jacks doesn't taste like apples and they'd be like dad you silly goof 
And now it's like, fuck you, dad. Right. You don't like fucking the, know. You don't fucking know what it's like to be a teen. Like, the like hun- Applejack. <laughs> fuck you. The honeycomb monster slashes the dad's throat. Dude, honeycomb. Like that guy out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Just like, they just made their mascot a fucking maniac. Yeah. How about a rabid dust bunny on cocaine? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Like everything was extreme. And like all the, like the, I, I remember one of my, do you remember OK Soda? Do you remember their ads? Uh, yeah. Vaguely. They were the most aggressively Gen X MTV ads I've ever seen where they were like very fucking like chill. And I remember uh, or they were very much like um, like you'd be reading an an OK Soda ad and it would feel like like a, a pictorial in the New Yorker or something like that. They were very <laughs> like the Jay Peterman catalog. I think they were like I think like um, Jaime Hernandez did one I, uh, or Daniel Klaus. Like, so really, like, independent artists were doing these, like, really weird, trippy fucking things. Uh, the commercials were so fucking wild, man. I could do, a, we could do a whole episode on fucking bubble tape commercials. Oh, man. Your principal hates bubble tape. <laughs> you better eat it. You better, you better get some. You be, this Capri Sun will kill your fucking dad. Hell yeah. How about that? How about that? How about that? How about this? I remember there was an ad. <laughs> these gushers will waterboard your grandmother. Yeah. Gushers are going to turn you into a monster. Yeah. That was the ad for Gushers. Remember? Your head turned into fruit. That's that's right. Fuck yeah. you. Fuck you. You're fruit now. Yeah. What, you like, don't like this? Sh- what, you afraid to be fruit or something? Like some kind of bitch? Yeah, what are you, some kind of non-bitch fruit motherfucker? Yeah. That's like, and no, that's, it, that was the tone of every single ad aimed at children in the 90s. Look up any Welcome to the Next Level Genesis ad. Genesis, that was like their whole mission statement to set themselves apart from Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They did. Genesis does what Nintendo don't. That was like their whole yeah. thing was like, yeah, we're, we are designed. We're cool. Mm-hmm. These it, are for kids and we're fucking cool. Is Sonic going to whip his dick out? I don't know. Better buy a Sega and find out. He fucking might. You stupid little son of a bitch. He's going to sit Buy down, Sega's- pierce his fucking hedgehog ear. I can still further, I can still remember the, you still don't have a Sega CD? What are you waiting for? Nintendo to make one? You have seen the games, right? <laughs> I'm kind of waiting for man. Nintendo to make sure. one. <laughs> yeah, I've been waiting for Nintendo to make a Sega CD this whole time. They didn't make it. Anyway, here's Sewer Shark. Um, well, but see, anyway, so <laughs> but, adjusting my glasses, you see, Jeff, the PlayStation began as a peripheral for Nintendo. Anyway, yeah, okay. sure did. <laughs> of course sure you knew did. that. Of course you knew that. Uh, dude, I remember I watching the Console Wars documentary that came out recently. Oh, I haven't watched like, it yet. I haven't watched it yet. Well, what's funny is like I knew everything, but I was like, I'm learning. Something. I'm still fat. Yeah, yeah. That's like me like, watching I'm, like I'm, yeah, Dark Side of the Ring. I'm like the same way. I'm like I know all of yeah. this, but this is still fascinating. <laughs> Yes, I do like that. Uh, but so this it's very much has that sort of like that elder millennial creeping into not necessarily Gen X, but that sort of extreme vibe to it. But in a very cool way that didn't seem like it was trying too hard. It just this is what it is. Yeah. And for a cartoon on a, on a network called Kids WB, that intro just shreds so fucking hard. Yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty dope. I yeah. It still feels pretty of its time, but it was yeah. so. It was jarring watching it now. Yeah. Uh, for this, I I certainly I told I said earlier that I didn't have any preconception really of Batman Beyond. I certainly had no idea that this is what its opening credit sequence was. Uh, so I was not prepared for this. Yeah, absolutely. And why would you be? Why would you? I was expecting something more in tone with the other uh, DC superhero shows that we've seen. Uh, and it is yeah. not. You sure didn't. You weren't getting. There's no like big drum and cymbal. No. <laughs> there's no like, there's no horns yeah, in this. There's it's just this, 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 uh, this intro is going to beat the shit out of your dad. Yeah. That's how hardcore it's gonna it is. It's going to make you and, watch while it yeah. kicks your dad's ass. Yeah. Darwin Cook is going to cuck your dad right in front of him. Uh, you see this? I fucking made this. Yep. Give me your wife. <laughs> Hell yeah, Darwin. <laughs> so um, rest, rest in power, Darwin. <laughs> so they, you dropped your crown, King. <laughs> uh, He's beating your dad with a giant cartoon propeller wrench. 
So, so what we find out here is like, okay, so we have to make this show. We have to make it real fast. We need Kevin Conroy on as sort of the glue. He's gonna Kevin Conroy is gonna be the bridge for this show. Yeah. If you don't get Kevin Conroy, the show fails. Um, and they call Kevin, and it's a tough sell for Kevin Conroy. Right, because why like, would he hey, want to suddenly be the supporting character in a Batman yeah, show? Yeah, he, he's been Batman since 1991, right? 92, and I think, 92, but yeah, yeah. it's right after Batman Returns. Yeah, and so it's like we're talking like around 99, so you're like, this has been like a better part of a decade paying him pretty fucking well. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, we got a Batman show we want you to do. He's like, okay, I'm listening. And they're like, you're not Batman. And he, he did it, probably because they offered him a fuck ton of money to do it. Well, I'm sure they did. But also, <laughs> like, once you get past the – it's kind of unexpected veneer. Like, the writing is very identifiably uh, of uh, Diniverse quality, or at least Diniverse at this time. Yes. Like, and it's, it's good writing. writing. I'm glad you brought up the writing because this is actually a very uh, a big struggle that they had in pre-production was that a lot of the freelance writers that they had hired and been working with the whole time kept writing stories about Bruce Wayne. Right, because that's what you're going to do. Yeah, well, sure, but they're like, that's not the show. Yeah, of course. The show isn't about, it's not about Bruce Wayne being a mentor. It's about this person who's mentored by Bruce Wayne. And that's very important. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't make... Nobody really cares about a cartoon about a 75-year-old man. Yeah. It doesn't matter who it is. Like, what we want is, you know, we want something relatable for teens. We want to show the coming of age, the growth, the problems. the And I hate to keep going back to the character, but the Spider-Man problems. Yeah. How am I going to support my family? How am I going to How am I gonna protect my girlfriend? How am I going to go on dates? When I have to do this fucking gig, like I'm a kid and this is, and I'm not owned by an old man right now. He's my employer. Not, I'm not his ward. So that adds another layer to it. I just thought I, I'm not going to say it on here cause I don't want to blow it up for him. But like that line of, uh, thinking about the, the, the themes of the show made me think about a very specific, uh, bit that Alex Schmidt does in his stand up. <laughs> I, uh, I, lo- I love the rare opportunities where you get to see Alex having fun on stage. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the bit about like kid comedian, I think, is what, it, what the setup was. Anyway, you probably yeah. remember what I'm talking oh, yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. I think I've been there whenever Alex has performed. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've been around for all of the times. Um, so they, they ended up like it's funny because like we're like, yeah, they had to like basically kind of like keep telling these writers to fuck off and write stuff for Terry that they ended up uh, one of their like writers for the pilot was Stan Berkowitz, who had moved on to live action and came back to animation for this because they needed him Damn, because he would because he well, you know, he worked so well with these guys and had worked on so many episodes that he gets it. Yeah, I'm just I'm just you picturing know. that phone call. They get he gets the call say, "Hey, hey, uh, what's up? How's it going?" It's like, "Uh, it's going okay. Uh, we need you to come back like right now." <laughs> yeah. It's very Berkowitz beyond. He has another heart attack. <laughs> um so uh, so of course now we in pre-production we're like, "Oh, the writing was a nightmare. Uh, the design team is going to be I mean, we're talking like I don't think that I I guarantee you half the design team got divorced in 1998. Oh hell yeah! No, be, because there's a zero percent chance that that these families didn't lose because like they had to create something entirely new. Like this wasn't the shift from Batman to Superman, where you have reusable design stuff. You have an already clear cut design of okay, well this is the era that we're going in. Metropolis will look like this. We've done some stuff mm-hmm. before. Like this is all brand new, and they have to create a whole new cityscape and era. And entirely new characters and, and new 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 models for the existing yes. characters. It's a completely new, like from the yeah. ground up, you couldn't really reuse anything for this show. Yeah. While Superman and Batman were still technically in production. Oh, good. So, like, you can imagine, 
And you you see it that you hear stories and and I've listened to a lot of stuff and in interviews about this and you know I obviously for this episode came prepared, um, but it has a very sort of golden age of comics vibe or even silver age, of these artists sort of like being locked in a in an apartment for a weekend with eight other artists and then leaving the next, uh, you know on. Sunday night or Monday morning, they show up with like a 64 page comic <laughs> and you're like, what happened? They're like, we didn't sleep. We just fucking worked. Tom slept in the bathtub. Like this wasn't <laughs> like, it was a fucking nightmare, but we did it. And so that's it. I mean, obviously. And again, you said that before they're not reusing villains. Yeah. They, well, they, very, they can't by design. Yeah. Uh, and it's very rare to see that sort of aspect in it where there's sort of like that lack of, of, of reuse with them. Um, that, it, you know, they're like, well, well, now we have to create things. And they're telling stories of like they'd have these production meetings where the artists would just like drop characters in front of uh, the producers and be like, ah, this guy is a, like a fire guy. And then come, here you go. Like, here's the design and here's the gist of what I intended. And feel free to turn this into somebody. Yeah. That's um. I got the chance to do an uh, interview with David Wise a few years ago while I was still at Cracked that unfortunately never ran through a series of uh, issues that were 99.9% uh, .9 all my fault. Uh, but he had the same thing to say about uh, working on Turtles, Transformers, anything from the 80s you saw David Wise was like the showrunner for. Uh, and it was always that it was a situation of like they drop like the, the demutagenizer on his desk and like here write that into a story. He's like all right. <laughs> yeah, right, like a, to a toy shows up and it's like, here you go. Here you go. And All they right. did. They did it. They did have toy stuff, but it wasn't actually um they didn't have to like create stuff for the toys primarily because with a Batman kind of character, I think that the teams have learned that you can just put Batman in a weird suit anyway. You don't need to sell it by putting it in the cartoon. No, yeah, you can make like uh, yeah, the Kenner made like a thousand fucking yes. different Batman toys that are just slightly different colors of his costume yeah. with a different accessory. Yeah, but you've never seen Arctic Attack Batman no. show up in a movie <laughs> no. or or a cartoon, but you definitely had the toy. Yeah. You know, so like they they kind of learned that they were like, look, just you make the show, we'll and we'll make the toys. Um, and that's actually really freeing. And they end up do. They have a toy line. It's not a particularly great toy line. It does what it needs to do, but um, it's not real. We don't get like a proper Batman Beyond because I believe he was like a like almost like a translucentish blue, the one that they released of him. Uh, they you know, we don't really get a proper Batman Beyond until I believe like DC Direct ended up doing one based Dang. on like Ed McGuinness and stuff. Yeah, it's I think the first true one is Ed McGuinness. Because um, he shows up in in um, uh, Superman Batman, and I think that's actually technically Tim Drake, but you know you can work around it. It's fine. All right. Um, yeah, it's it, there's a lot of convoluted stuff. There was like Burger King kids meals in 2000, so they were definitely like obviously like deal minded, but it wasn't the point. Uh, fans did not really care about this show. When no. it started, I speaking as a Batman fan who did not care about this show. Yes, that is accurate. Same. It's very obligation to me. I think of it a lot like the same way I think of um, Solo, the movie, where I was like, I saw it out of obligation, but I did enjoy it. Um, you mean the uh, Mario Van Peebles film, right? Oh, yeah, well, of course, I'm obligated to see all of the MVPs. Yeah, yeah, he's the MVP. Yeah, that's the name. That's why we have that name for a reason. Um, <laughs> so the fans were uninterested at first, but the thing that actually really started to pull people in is that the pilot is so fucking adult and so fucking dark. It is. It's it's very well written. There's not a lot of action in it. It's mostly establishing the world and these characters and their relationships, which is especially remarkable for a cartoon pilot. Yeah. Mm. And the action is the action that is in there is good, but it is very character driven mm -hmm. and it's very heavy. And there are things where if you're watching it as sort of somebody in their late teens or early 20s, you're like, oh, shit, this is actually for me. Yeah, um, because there is stuff that kids are not going to pick up on that are really important. Um, but the response wasn't great, but eventually it becomes this like massively popular thing. 
where, you know, it's it's think of it as like the office space of Batman cartoons. Yeah, where, where it's it, a, it, a meek initial splash, but then as time goes on, word of just, mouth really starts to grow. Yeah, yeah, it just starts shredding everywhere, and it doesn't uh, yeah. doesn't pull back to the point where uh, we mentioned earlier. This is like the most requested thing, and when we started the show, I fully expected everybody to be like, "When are you going to get to the animated series?" Because in my mind, that was like the big thing. But no, we got way more about Batman Beyond. Oh yeah. Everyone's like, when are you getting to Batman Beyond? And I was like, I don't know, 2039? Yeah. That, that was like, a long ways to go, bro. <laughs> I was like stunned the first time that showed up. I was like, Batman Beyond? <laughs> like, that's the one Batman... you want us to get to? Well, here's the thing about Batman Beyond is that the stride has been taken so well that to be able to start something new, what you have is more consistency and quality. And I know I've said it before, but I'm going to keep saying it. Batman the Animated Series is not as great as we remember it. No, it's a, no, it's not. And we just went through it. So like, we yeah, definitely we've done know. it. The, yeah. It, there is a massive lack of consistency in quality, um, of, of each, epi- you know, you like talking like fucking tiger, tiger, like how many werewolves can we have in, in how many werewolf episodes can we have? Right. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Um, but Batman beyond is consistently great. And it's also relatively short lived. All things considered, it's only 52 episodes in a movie. Mm hmm. Which, when you look at, like, you know, t- cartoons for kids, they usually, you know, fucking He-Man's first season was, like, 64 episodes or something. Oh, yeah. Uh, you could like, see it. <laughs> you sure can. Um, but so Batman Beyond does sort of have that that aspect of, like, it, it shows sort of, like, a physically vulnerable Bruce, which you've never seen before. You have a new character that's not Robin, that is sort of like, and what we're going to find out, Terry, is that he has, he's almost like a synthesis of the three Robins. That's true. Yeah. I was thinking about that, watching it, because he, he so clearly looks like a Robin that that's always yeah. like in your mind. And he's kind of like, uh, like, of course, this is what Bruce would do. Like, if he got too old and infirm, he would just get himself yet another child soldier and put him inside a robot suit that he can control if he needs to. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it is it is sort of like as we find out and as we're going to go through here, it is very accidental, as and that's important to them to do that to make it not necessarily this sort of aggressive, uh, like child soldier recruitment thing that he's doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, and you'll notice that as we go through, because he's got like sort of like the natural, the natural brain of Tim Drake, because Tim Drake is considered the smartest of the Robins. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but he also has that sort of like that rough sort of like anti-establishmentness of Jason Todd, mm-hmm. but also sort of like that coolness of Dick Grayson. Right. Like Dick was, I think, well, I was going to say, I think Dick's like the closest to Bruce, but that's not accurate. Maybe the closest in skill, but anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dick is just the oldest and he's considered sort of the rock that all others are broken upon. So, yeah. you know, and that, cre- you know, we've, we've seen that you know last last week we saw that <laughs> with with jason and and sort of not being dick and what that did to him so now uh tom we mm-hmm. are officially going to start uh, uh batman beyond episode one rebirth part one. Oh yeah yeah and it's a cold open it starts it's nighttime we see uh bunny vreeland we got a vreeland tom uh hell yeah Mm. We start. We open our pilot with a Vreeland, and that's also something to um, pay attention to. Uh, that you're gonna, I think, notice uh, a lot as we go through here, is that this thing is like laced with Easter eggs. Yeah, like we're talking. There's two scoops of Easter eggs in every box here. That was the one of the most surprising things to me. Uh, again, uh, coming in with like no knowledge of what the show is, I was surprised that it was. Such a direct sequel to the animated series. Yeah. Yes, and, and 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 we they really do a great job of tying it in and like nudge nudge wink winking the fans and being mm-hmm. like, see, see, we're not fuck, we we care, we care more than you do. Um, so we have the cold open uh, again. So she, with the news is talking about Bruce Wayne sort of avoiding an attempted takeover by Powers Tech. So this is taking place in 2019. 
and it actually has very 2019 vibes. It's not very futuristic. We're going to see one guard that has dipshit triangle glasses, but other than that, <laughs> they predicted the return of Max Hedrum glasses. They sure did. And uh, man, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> seeing him a little it. bit, but I want him to like really, really we come back the, in vogue. Tom, be the change you wish to see in the uh, world. We, I, we could be that patient zero, man. If you want to go grab some Venetian blind sunglasses right now. Do you think people will want nearly 40-year-old internet Canadian comedian men to be the fashion templates of the world? Yes. Let's do it. Zero doubt zero um, doubt or hesitation when I say that. Yeah. So basically stock in Wayne Tech, Wayne Enterprises and Powers Tech is at an all-time high because of the merger uh, rumors and stuff. Okay. Meanwhile, the kidnappers, uh, they talk about the kidnappers of debutante Bunny Vreeland have uh, received their ransom payment, but they have not released Bunny Vreeland. Uh, they sure uh -oh. haven't. <laughs> and Tom, their plan is to shoot her in the fucking face. It sure is. <laughs> That's their big plan. Get this woman and then shoot her right in the face. They're walking around without masks on. You know what the deal is. Yeah. One guy's eating a sandwich. Like, they super oh. don't care. I mean, you got to eat, Tom. I know. It's just funny. I couldn't get enough of this this lone hero in a, in a, in a beanie. And tiny little <laughs> tiny little sunglasses just eating a little white bread glass. sandwich. <laughs> just these little glasses eating a ham sandwich. Like they know they're like, I don't know, sixty seconds away from murdering someone. He's just eating a sandwich. Yeah. Well, he's outside, you know. Yeah, that's true. True. He's outside in regular clothes, uh, and uh, he gets knocked out by what we see as Batman. And Batman is in the Batman Beyond costume, but he's not Terry. And we know that because Terry is a much more lean and sleek, Nightwing-sized person. Mm -hmm. However, it could be Terry Bradshaw. It, it is a man of... It's, I mean, it's clear that it's Bruce. Like, you, you get the gist that it's like, okay, that's definitely like Batman the Animated Series, Batman's body in that. And it looks... I, I think it looks really slick. Uh, and I know you had mentioned to me before you're not a huge fan of I'm the not, design. I'm not wild about the Batman Beyond design, which is one of the reasons I didn't get interested into the show in the show when it was out. It was I, 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 and I'm still not nuts about it, but it might grow on me the more I watch the series. So we'll see. We'll see. If you if you think about it, it makes the most sense. It makes way more sense than Batman's costume. Yeah, but I've been looking at Batman's costume for like well, four well, years. Well, that's it. What it is 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 you know you've been given something that you have never had before, mm -hmm. and you're like, all right, well, I gotta I gotta find out if I like Indian food, mm -hmm. you know, like fine, I'll eat it, but like don't expect me to like everything I like right away. That's perfectly fine, but it does make sense from like a stealth perspective to not have the fucking cape. Like remember that a lot of times we see that the cape is used as sort of distraction and armor. Mm -hmm. Um. But it also is cumbersome and problematic sometimes to have out on an adventure. Yes, it is. And it, it's it's a lot like that Seven Mary Three song. Batman Beyond. Future Batman. To my girl. Um. Anyway, uh, Batman flies up and spies on the kidnappers, and then. Uh, Beats the Christ out of them and then has a heart attack. <laughs> he beats them so bad he almost dies. He, uh, yeah, he feel he has he has a sympathy heart attack. For right, them. yeah, he's got sympathy pain because <laughs> it is it's fucking brutal and it makes sense because he's gone through roughly three decades of intense physical torture every day. Mm -hmm. Batman shouldn't last this long. It's amazing he still has a skeleton. I yeah. gotta be honest. How many? Like, how much of a tolerance to fear gas are you going to have to keep those heart rates down? Because, the, the, like... The number of strokes he must have had, mm, like, that he I've, noticed is probably in the dozens, and, and that he just didn't notice, like, he has no idea he had them, probably 50. How many times do you think he's been, like, electrocuted? <laughs> <laughs> How's that heart rhythm going to be? <laughs> He you goes know, to roughly. the he goes to the doctor and gets an X ray and they're just like Jesus Christ, I don't know what's going yeah. on in there. Yeah, like I don't know what's happening here. So, I just uh, know I don't like it. We got your images back from your CT scan and they are haunted, as yeah, you'll your see heart here. 
<laughs> your heart is a scar. Yeah. Uh, just a big it's scar. It's almost entirely scar tissue. Uh, sorry, but things aren't going to go well for you, like, again. You're like, tox- ever again. <laughs> your toxicology report came back uh, where all the results just form a skull and crossbones. We don't know <laughs> yeah. why it yeah. did that. Yeah, you melted our printer. Yeah. <laughs> Just the combination of just fear gas and Smilex coursing through yeah. his veins. Says here you have a low-grade black plague. I'm building up a resistance. Okay, well, we got to get some antibiotics mm-hmm. for that. I have to learn. You're covered in an- radiation burns. Yeah. <laughs> so that kryptonite he keeps on himself. Yeah. yeah, you have like six testicles. <laughs> There's two behind your ear here. They're not testicles, they're tumors. Cut them out and let's go. <laughs> and I also don't want to talk about just the condition of the skin on your back. <laughs> it looks like a road atlas back there. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so he has a heart attack and then this dude's like, oh, I'm going to crush his fucking brain with a wrench. Uh, and then uh, Batman uh, just uh, grabs a gun off the ground and he points it at this dude's face and he's like shaking while he's having a heart attack. And this that gun made of might as well be made of ghosts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that guy, this, guy, this hoodlum who was prepared to murder this this woman that they've kidnapped. Uh, I guess he's never had a gun pointed at him before. Look, man. Put put yourself in his shoes for a second. You've met Batman. Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. But you know Batman's been around for a while. You know one thing about Batman. Right. You know the one thing you're you're guaranteed yeah. to be safe from when you're around yeah. Batman. Batman doesn't kill, and he certainly doesn't use guns. But this one's about to shoot you in the face, so his shit-filled costume isn't found <laughs> by the cops the next morning. <laughs> Aging billionaire Bruce Wayne found with his forehead caved in by a pipe wrench or a fucking, oh, a propeller, uh, an airplane wrench. Right. It's like his lawyers still intervene as as much as they (laughs) legally can. So like the news report is like an unrelated pile of 20 pounds of human shit was found next to Bruce Wayne's body. Yeah. Yeah, because that's an unrelated incident. I guarantee you he pissed himself during this fight. When oh. he had that heart attack, there's a 0% chance that that... As he's getting his ribs tattooed with a wrench? Yeah. Yeah. No, he for sure... For sh- his, his, the inside of his costume's not dry. I mean, that's... It's not. That's a guarantee. And I, I almost... Yeah. It's, 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 it's probably more, more leaking than it is, than it is urinating yeah. at that point. I'm surprised he didn't short it out. <laughs> right? <laughs> Alfred, it happened again. <laughs> Anyway, the guy runs into the arms of the police. Yeah, he's so desperate to get away from armed Batman. I guess rightfully so. Honestly, yeah. I'd be like, take me to jail right now. (laughs) Just go. I'm ready to go. It's like a low-level gangster finds out the boss has bailed him out. It's like, no, I'd like to stay in jail. (laughs) Please keep me in prison. (laughs) Um. And so Bruce comes out and he's like looking at the gun. He takes off his fucking mask and we see he's like, oh, he's a little bit older, but he's not the guy we've seen in the commercials. Yeah. So we're not at full Batman Beyond yet. And then he's just like, nope, drops the gun. And he we cut to the, the Batcave and we see it's like the trophy room. Harley's uh, costume is up. Um, you know, there's all the old Bat family costumes, including the new one that he is now putting under glass. And he says, never again. <laughs> turns the lights out that's that's the end of batman tom it is that's the end of this show actually we're not going to watch anymore because that's it uh and now we have our intro which fucking shreds <laughs> wow. 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 Uh, and then we see 20 years later so now we're in 2039 it's much more futuristic we're in like a an elevator slash um it's like a vertical train kind of a thing that's going up oh yeah i don't really know what it is and uh we basically see in the news that Derek powers is making money moves buying up industrial firms uh terry's watching but he gets bumped into by a member of what we refer to as the jokers a a gang that sort of fashions their life after the jokers he's dressed uh this is a dude dressed like harley 
I love the designs of the Joker characters. Yeah, they're all appropriately douchey, uh, you know, yeah. Joker, Jokerified versions of uh, um, Alex DeLarge's droogs. Yeah, but it's really cool because they all take they take like small pieces, like they're very unique designs that are influenced by characters from before. Right. Yeah, they don't all look the same. They're all like yeah, yeah. It's really like there's one guy that we're gonna see later that's like he he looks a lot like the Joker, but he has yellow paint over his mouth. I thought that's he. I thought he's wearing a mask, like it's a Joker mask, and that's like his actual mouth. Like the mouth is open, so he can speak. I hadn't thought either way of that. I think it's. I'm gonna have to rewatch that. Son of a bitch! It it read to me as a mask, but it it could be both. But the it, the, the it, idea is that like nobody looks exactly the same, and nobody looks exactly like the Joker. They just borrow different influences yeah. and build a costume out of like one specific piece, and yeah. it's pretty cool. So this, yeah, this big dude is is in like a Harley themed uh, outfit, and he like spray paints the the fucking TV, mm-hmm. and he's just like this is fucking stupid, whatever, blah blah blah, and then. Um, he like basically starts to like shake down this girl and mugging her. He's like, "Oh, I made you laugh. You go to give me money." Yeah, and he's, Harry just- <laughs> I just real quick, I needed to say he's mugging you in the way that like if you've ever been in a big city, it's like the dudes that aggressively give you their demo CDs and then demand you give them ten dollars for it. It's like it's that kind of mugging. Yeah, it's really not great. No, um, it's it's like fr- it's it's like scary, but also like really frustrating. <laughs> yes. Um and uh and so Terry beats this dude to Christ. Yeah, he fucking hip tosses him into the goddamn television. <laughs> yeah. And then the guy just fucking bolts. Yeah, he Zoidbergs out of the train almost. Yeah. Like whoop, Yeah, whoop, he starts do- he starts doing like poses and like like karate poses and stuff and then as soon as it opens he just like he gives him a raspberry and takes off. He runs the fuck away because he knows he's going to get yeah. his ass beat. <laughs> um, so then we see um, we see two teen girls, uh, one of which we're going to meet is Dana. And Dana is Terry's um, girlfriend. Uh, uh, accidental uh, Futurama reference there, but that's Lauren Tom, right? From Futurama. It is. Yeah. Uh, look at how everything's tying together. <laughs> um, and so we find out that there is... Uh, uh, there's wrestling going on, and uh, the we see like Terry's sort of like his Flash Thompson, in uh, this guy Nelson, who is voiced by um, Seth Green, and they are wrestling together. And uh, Nelson's sort of got the upper hand on Terry, and Terry's like, "You remind me of a Joker I met this morning, except he was prettier." And this dude spits in Terry; he hocks a loogie in Terry's mouth. Yes, like right, like two inches from pre- his face. They don't pretend to animate it in a way that doesn't make you wonder if it went in his mouth. Yeah. And Terry drills this dude. And of they have a fight. Of course. And <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't you? Yes. Anyone would. Like, it's like in Karate Kid when uh, when Bobby takes uh, out Daniel at soccer tryouts with, a, uh, with an aggressive slide tackle. Oh, Johnny, you mean? Uh, it's Bobby that does it. Oh, okay. Johnny doesn't take him out in the. Oh in yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, he doesn't. Practice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so then we see the dad. We see uh, Terry's dad on a computer, and he gets a call to meet his buddy Harry on the landing. Now, did you notice who the dad was? Uh, no. Voice by it's Michael Gross. Oh, uh, they kind of they kind of animated him to look a little bit like Michael Gross too. Exactly, he's a Michael Gross looking motherfucker in there. He's just best, supposed to be the dad from Family Guy ties. Family ties. And his best his best friend that calls him or his coworker Harry um, looks like when they would animate an ugly crooner. Oh like he looks yeah, kinda like that. Like he looks he has kind of that like Bing Crosby but like nervous kind of look to him. Anyway. Um, <laughs> And he meets me, gives him a disc, and he's like, hey, man, uh, my hand's all fucked up. Something he gives happens. him a goes, Sony mini disc. It's so funny that they, they, I mean, you know, you don't expect them to predict everything. But, yeah, they, he puts a mini disc in yeah, the wrong and, drive. And, and that's like the one prediction that, like, every sci-fi thing got wrong is that we would still be reliant on physical media. Yeah. yeah but I anyway. think Minority Report might be the only one that nailed it. Maybe, yeah. Um. So then we we are introduced to Mr. Fix. Who is George uh, Takei? <laughs> George, George Takei is Mr. Fix. And Mr. Fix looks like if you merged 
all ethnic cartoon villains together and then gave them one grouping of stupid cartoon villain tells. R- yeah. Like he's a he's a Frankenstein of villains. Right. He's got he, like the one milky eye with the scar over it. He looks almost like Minute from Sin City. Yeah, yeah. But like but more he, more by way of a James Bond Jr. villain. Yeah. And and like very like like he's that sort of like kind of like tan that you're like, oh, so you could just be anything. Like they very much make him a sort of he's the same tan as the um those future people from South Park that keep traveling back in time. <laughs> yeah. Like it's the same color. Yeah. Uh, and purposefully so. I, th- I think he's he's meant to be sort of a, a this is just people are. This is what people are. Yeah. Here you go. But it but he's it's very interesting to see Mr. Fix and be like, oh, so you guys are just this guy's a Frankenstein. Yeah, just going hog wild. This guy looks yeah. like 18 different Indiana Jones he bad looks, guys. <laughs> like, dude, he looks like so many bad guys. This does have a kind of a Johnny Quest vibe to it, too. Uh, just a the show bit. in general. Yeah, I could see that. Um, so basically, uh, Harry is grabbed for his meeting with Mr. Powers. Harry's freaks and runs, but is caught. Uh, and we see that he's covered in these like black techno splotches. Mm-hmm. And boy, is that going to be a thing. Uh, but he's dragged away. Uh, and then uh, Powers has uh, McGinnis in a meeting, and he just gives him some bullshit about uh, Harry having an allergic reaction, but he's under the best of care. He's like, great, when can I see him? He's like, you can see him on Monday. And he's like, I'll, I'll, he's like oh, by the way, real quick. Yeah. He, uh, there was a file that's missing that he had. Do you have? Um, do you know where that shit is? And he's like, uh, I, I have no idea. He's like, of course not. And then he nods over at Mr. Fix. He's like, you should probably kill him. Yeah, you sh- you're going to want to uh, send some guys over to his house to murder him. Yeah. So then, um, it's a, it's Mr. McGinnis. A, it's a is, nod they have pre prearranged with each other. When I nod Mr. like this, it means murder that guy. If if you see somebody nodding at Mr. Fix, it's not good news. No, leave the country. If you see yeah, that. yeah, you need to go into the program immediately. <laughs> um, the dad puts the disc in the computer and discovers the shit about power. He's like, oh my god. Terry interrupts. He's like, hey. I'm going to I'm going to take off. And he's like, uh, you are grounded. He's like, that fight wasn't my fault. He's like, well, we'll talk about that when we're meeting with your counselor. He's like, mom would let me go. He's like, you're not living with your mom. And they get to this fight. And then uh, his dad's like, you know, you need to learn how to be more responsible. He's like, oh, why? So I could be fucking cool like you or whatever. He really talks shit on his dad and then leaves. And spoiler alert, a car pulls up as he's going to leave. And his dad is going to be very dead. Yeah, he's about to get the bejesus murdered out of him. Yeah, he's going to be murdered hard. Mm-hmm. Real um, hard. Real hard. Terry meets up with Dana and line at a club, and then fucking Nelson pulls up in his shitty car, and he's just being an asshole again. Yeah, so like, and then f- it, fuck him up again. <laughs> uh, then the, then, but then the Joker gang pulls up yeah, and starts yeah. harassing harassing all the teens, including um, Dana. Um, and like at one point in time, like, uh, they like pick her up and they're riding with her on a motorcycle and Terry beats that he beats everyone to Christ he beats them so badly that I just assumed everyone in the future had super strength like it was like a like a cyberpunk type deal where yeah. people have like augments and shit because he's throwing dudes over cars yeah he, he's Gotham strong that yeah, doesn't change he's fucking Gotham strong which we had to take out of the store <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, did we? We got a takedown notice over that, which is weird because they don't own that image. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. I guess the word Put, Gotham? I don't know. Yeah. Put it back up. We might. <laughs> Fuck them. Sell it elsewhere. Fuck you, Warner Brothers. What are you going to do? Sue us over the name of our fucking podcast? Eat shit. <laughs> Anywho. Anyway. Anyway. Uh... I'm like, don't they have? Isn't there? Uh, isn't there fucking uh, li- uh, copyright going to be up soon? Uh, I hope so. Like Batman and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, he beats the living Christ out of them, steals a bike, and then leads them on a chase. Yes. Big chase. Big, big, big chase. Um. He is biking also very recklessly. He's driving on cars. He's going down bridges. Mm-hmm. Uh. He is borderline suicidal right he's being introduced to us the way many protagonists in the 90s were introduced to us where like thrill seeker was a thing he's an he's extreme yeah yeah he's he's, he's extreme bag, he's a bag of corn nuts yeah like he he's a he's fucking 
He's everything. He's a, he's a the brand new Baja Blast of Mountain Dew of people. He is Baja blasting his way uh, to he the sure outskirts is. of Gotham City. <laughs> he sure is. And so uh, they notice that, like the Jokers that can see him, they notice that he's on sort of an exit that goes towards Gotham Harbor. So they know they're going to chase him. And then he almost hits Bruce Wayne because mm-hmm. he's pulling up to Wayne Manor. And he eats shit. And now he's cornered. Mm-hmm. And Wayne just goes, leave him alone and get off my property. You're trespassing. And they're not yet. They're not yeah, inside his gate. Yeah. I mean, it might be that the road itself is also I would not be surprised that, if that was a private highway. <laughs> if I could be honest here. Like, Bruce probably owns the entire mountain, let's be honest. Yeah. Because uh, why wouldn't um, he? And so they're like, who do you think you're talking to, man? We're the Jokers. And he kind of like smiles and he goes, Sure you are. Yeah. <laughs> and he fucks this dude. He's beating dudes bad. Yeah, he's shaving decades off of their lives. Also, there's one scene where a guy swings a baseball bat at Terry, and Terry jumps over the bat, but it's like swung ribs high. And I'm like, well, that just seems unnecessary, Terry. You don't want to leave the ground. You should have ducked. He's trying to impress us. They really want us to know that he's a fantastic athlete, even though the only sport we've seen him compete in is one where you absolutely do not need to have a vertical leap of four and a half feet. He is sky high in this jump. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a crouching tiger jump, man. It's yeah. crazy. He stands on the bat and kicks the guy. Right, in the face. Yeah, he just starts running along a bamboo front. We're like, where the fuck did that come from? Um,. Bruce is dominating these dudes. They leave, and then his heart is just fucking gone. <laughs> He's like, my medicine, you need to bring my ass back to the house. Yeah. Ace confronts him, and Bruce is like, He's fine. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, nice dog. He's like, No, he is not. <laughs> He's like, Oh, please don't make that mistake. Um <laughs> That's Damien's so, dog in the new continuity, isn't it? Yeah, there's a, there's been an Ace the Bat Hound often. For a while, right, right. Yeah, like they, they they I think the first appearance is like probably Silver Age, I'm guessing. Yeah, that makes sense. That's when they were giving everyone dogs. Everyone gets an animal. Yep. Superman Bat gets Mike. seven. Yeah, he does. He sure does. Um Okay, so uh Terry leaves as Bruce is falling asleep. But Ace scares him, so he's like, Oh, I'm gonna call my dad. But then he sees that there's a fucking bat stuck in the clock. Yeah. And he's like, there's a fucking bat stuck in this clock. And he's like, all right, man, I'll get you out. And he, so he's like trying to get the face of the clock open so he can get the bat out. And he's like, Maybe whoops, he bites this bat whoops, cave. He fucking, whoops, opens up the fucking bat cave. I did like that they, and I'm I, this must have been intentional. Because in the uh, original comic, and then also in the, uh, you know, well, Batman Begins actually hadn't come out yet. So uh, in the original comic, that's pretty much like Bruce just sees a bat in his house. And that's like, that's like the beginning of the whole thing. Yeah, it flies through his fucking window. Yeah. Um, And then they kind of use this version of it where it's in batman begins where it's like a, yeah. a mix of the two where it's it he sees it loose in his house but it can't that's how like he finds the cave beneath the house so i thought yeah. that was cool and it's also interesting to note too that his father is also dead at the time that he sees this bat yes remember that in the original one it's like yes father i shall become a bat right right <laughs> so it's kind of like he doesn't even we, know that he's yes fathering if you've not read and i know it's entirely possible most people who are fans of batman have not read old batman comics because why would you they're mostly not good but if you haven't read this some of the old batman comics you're really missing out on how jack fuck out of his goddamn mind he is in oh, every oh, original, panel. Like, golden age batman is fucking crazy he's he killing is, everybody he's just a murderer that's all he is he's yeah. a murderer in a bat costume yeah he's a he's a he's a he's a gangster in sweatpants that's <laughs> all he is he drives around in a fucking studebaker it's great it's so great it's fantastic anyway so um he sees all the bat stuff and he's like whoa and then bruce hits him from behind he's like get out so it says uh, Terry's leaving. He's walking home. And then he sees the cops and there's Joker graffiti. And then his mom hugs him. She's like, oh, my God, you're OK. She's like, there was a robbery. The Joker surprised your father. He's like, well, where's dad? And she's like, oh, 
Oh, nobody told you. Nobody told you. It's like, yeah, mom, I'm walking up to the house asking you what happened. Why on earth would you think I already knew that dad was dead? So he runs in and then it cuts to the news talking about the murder and the funeral info and everything like that. Um, And then uh, we see Powers at the funeral talking about making those criminals pay for their heinous act. And then the mom turns off the TV. The younger bro's like, hey, it was about dad. I was watching that. She's like, you do not need to see that. Nope. Also, your head is huge. I'm concerned about you. Yeah. The kid looks like a nightmare. His little brother looks ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, because he's got no pupils. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he's only he's only pupils. Excuse me. Right, it's like everybody else. Like he's from Tiny Toon Adventures, and everybody else looks like it's, it's Popeye rules. Yeah. There we go. So uh, he basically she goes uh, she goes to Terry. She's like, "Hey, your friend Dana called," and he's like, "Yeah, I don't care." He's really mad. He's like, "Why would Dad open the door for them? How could they trace him back to uh, me? Back to him? It's my fault. We could have fought them off together." And he's thinking that he's like, "Oh, this is my fault. I did this. I got." He's Dad thinking killed. it's payback for him beating up the Joker yeah. thugs. He's like, "But also, why would Dad open the door for Jokers? Yeah, he probably wouldn't, would he? No, he sure wouldn't." Um, and he's got so much regret and he's just like, I'm such a jerk. And so, uh, and then it cuts to him. He's moving back in with his mom and his, his brother and then finds the disc. It's just like there. And I'm like, Oh, did they not take the disc when they killed the dad? Right. What was the point of murdering him? If you weren't also going to ransack the place. I mean, they, they did. He finds it like behind a picture frame that they, for some reason, did. Actually, no, he drops it in a no, box. No, he drops it. It just falls out. It falls out. It falls out of, like, out of a, a box. Like, yeah. He's carrying. Yeah, that's true. We don't actually see the inside of the apartment, so we have no idea. Like, man, damn, they need to hire better dudes. Powers. Yeah. So he looks <laughs> into it and then runs out in a hurry. And then we see that they're under surveillance. Yeah, because of course they like, are. What looks like basically a security guard is on the phone. And he's watching Terry leaves. Like, yeah, it looks like you got lucky. So Terry is, uh, Dana drops him off at Wayne Manor and he basically like rings the fucking, the speaker and he's like, something stinks in your company and I think it cost my old man his life. He shows him the disc and he's like, look, I'd take this to the cops, but you know how cozy they are with powers and then still nothing, no response. And then he goes, you're no Batman, you whacked out old fraud. <laughs> and then the and gate opens, opens. <laughs> and uh, Bruce is in the window and that is the end. Yeah, it would be funny if the next episode started with him just beating the ever-loving shit out of Terry with his cane. That's the only reason he opened the gate was so he could kick his ass. Yeah, who aren't I? Who aren't I? Call me a fraud, did you? Alfred. Alfred. Cuts over to Alfred's tombstone because he's been dead for 42 years. For 40 years. (laughs) I have been dead for multiple generations. Yeah. That's anyway, it. And that's, then, and that's, that's a sewed. Oh, man. This is exciting. It's exciting. We're starting good, a new thing it? that's like good and that I have yeah. never seen before. It's great. Yeah. It's great. I'm I'm excited. So, yeah, we're going to be checking out next week. We'll be taking a, a look at the conclusion of the pilot rebirth. And then mm-hmm. we will be introduced after that to our first uh, big recurring uh, member of the Rogues Gallery. I'm very excited about that. Yeah. It's a. Uh basically lady clayface yeah yeah i'm very excited i'm very excited to introduce you to ink yeah um a very a very very uh sort of what if venom didn't have a human host yeah i mean it's very clayface uh, too like they they you yeah. know well, spoilers but they have to deal with her kind of the same way that you would with clayface yeah <laughs> uh but that being said uh that's a sode it sure Tom. is so, jeff it what do you, sure what do you is. got to what do you got to plug? Oh, man. Well, if you're here and you're listening, that means you're already a patron. So thank you so much. Like genuinely, truly, honestly, we we, we cherish uh, uh, all of you. Um, we also have a store, tpublic.com slash store slash Gamefully Unemployed, where you can get t-shirts, except for the Gotham Strong one, masks, mugs, uh, posters, all kinds of things, except for the Gotham Strong t-shirt. Uh, so <laughs> go check that out if you, if you want to be depressed that you can't buy a Gotham Strong t-shirt. Um, and I also been doing writing over at Collider. You can check that out if you want to, or if you don't want to, that's fine. Um, Jeff, now you go. Now it's your turn. 
to say well, things. Well, Jeff has cool friends. Episode five just dropped yesterday, Tom, and my guest is Dana Gould. And boy, do we talk. We have it's a blast of an episode. It's so much fun. You're definitely going to want to listen to that one. You can check it out at Patreon.com/slash Jeff May. If you don't want to give me money, one, fuck you. But two, you can wait until next Tuesday, uh, and it will be available for free everywhere. It'll be censored. Um, and also fuck you to the guy that fucking gave me, uh, a, a, a low vote on Apple podcasts because of the censoring. <laughs> he was like, I don't know why the curses had to be bleeped out. Did you listen? Sign up for the, sign up for the Patreon. Yeah. Fuck me, face. Give me $5. You can get all yeah, the fucks you me, want. <laughs> honestly, honestly, y'all can just sign up for my Patreon for $5. Listen to the five episodes that I have up already. And then just cancel your subscription who cares yeah <laughs> uh, but also don't do that i'm starving um but you can of course check that out uh and again you can check out uh t public slash user slash jeff may i have a lot of really cool uh t-shirts uh, available up there that you can uh give me uh, money give another company money and i get some of that money yeah uh to buy those they're they're fantastic lots of great designs shout out to doc garby for those um those uh vintage uh comic art versions of the of jeff has cool friends they are extremely fun yeah uh they are very good and then uh on top of that of course uh you don't even like sports the sports podcast for people who don't like sports and the unpopular opinion podcast both available on the unpops network i think that's it i think you got everything yeah i think that that covers it that's it yes i do three i do i do lots of podcasts listen man (laughs) you don't have to tell me about it um I guess that's it. Bye. That's it. Bye. Bye. Yeah, I should have known you wouldn't care. You're no Batman, you whacked out old fraud. Our artwork is produced by Justin Brown. You can follow him on Twitter at, at Justin T. Brown and find more of his artwork at artnessbyjustinbrown.com and justinbrown.info.